You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Met you yet? My name is Trey, and uh, I get the privilege of serving on the team here at Citizens. My wife and I, and uh, so glad that you're here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love it. We are uh, we're continuing in this series called Eureka. How many of you here were here last week? You got to maybe watched online. If you haven't seen it, go check out our YouTube. Go watch last week's message. It was incredible, and uh, we're figuring out what God is, says to us when we are all searching for something, we're all seeking something, and, and we're just discovering what matters most and what God says matters, matters most. Last week, we got to learn about uh, that, that Jesus actually told us that the two greatest, the command is to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others. And they both fuel each other and feed each other and Today, we're going um, we're, we're gonna to take one of those, and we're going to dig a little deeper and go a little further uh, on that, and then Pastor Chris will be back next week preaching, uh, the continuing in the series, and so if I say something you don't like it, just come back next week, and uh, make sure you don't, don't give up, don't give up on us, just come back next week, Pastor Chris will be, be here, and uh, man, I'm excited for this series, I think God's just going to challenge us in this series, is that okay if we just challenge you a little bit in church, we push you a little bit. I think that's, uh, I think that's what, what God wants to do th- with us and, and through us in this series. And so today, um, I am preaching a message entitled, X Marks the Spot. X Marks the Spot. Can you tell your neighbor the sermon title today? Just say, X Marks the Spot. I have a feeling I'm going to have to get you a little more engaged, because you, if you've never heard me preach, I'm a like high feedback preacher, like I'm a holler back preacher, you got to holler back at me, all right, like you, you, you can't just leave, this is not a monologue, all right, I need you to, to, to roll with me, and so um, we're going we're gonna to jump into God's word today, if you have your Bible, ch- ch- uh, turn it to Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, if you don't have a Bible, it's okay, we're, we're going to throw it up on this screen here, uh, Colossians chapter 2. And this is Paul writing to a church in Colossae, uh, the city of Colossae, and says this, I I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. Says, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. Can I tell you that that's our prayer for you here at Citizens, that you are encouraged and knit together in community here at Citizens. You've got a whole bunch of people here who love you and care about you. And he goes on to say, I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan. Here's God's mysterious plan. Are you ready for it? It's Christ himself. God's plan is Jesus Christ, Christ himself. Going to the next verse, says, In him, or in Jesus, lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm telling you this so, so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. It goes on, For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should, and that your faith in Christ is strong. Then he goes on to say, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Everybody say, keep going. 
Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies. This is the only place in, in all of scripture where the word philosophy is, is used. It says, don't, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. See, Paul is writing in this letter to Colossae. He had never been to, that we know of had been to Colossae. Um, he spent some time in a, uh, in a place, a city called Ephesus. It's where we get the, the letter to the Ephesians. It's the book of the Bible, Ephesians. And, but he spent about two or three years in Ephesus, and it's his longest stay in a city. And uh, it, it was here where a man by the name of Epaphras had uh, come to Christ under the ministry of Paul. And then he went to the city of Colossae to start a church. And uh, kind of an offshoot of Paul's ministry. And here in Colossae, what was happening with the church here, the Colossian church, was something that was very similar to what would happen to a lot of New Testament churches. I mean, they, they found themselves in this, this situation, this issue that, that they're needing Paul to kind of guide them through, to direct them through, to give them, give them some guidance. And what would happen is in the New Testament, a church would be birthed by the Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit would move and do the work of the Holy Spirit on a people and in a city, and they would start a church. And what started by grace and faith would try to be overtaken by works and law. And particularly in this, this case, what, what, what they would try to do is the Holy Spirit would move in a people and, and what's, what was rooted in grace and faith then became, they tried to impose Jewish law on this new church and say, well, yeah, you, 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 you can have Jesus, but you need this and you need to add this and make sure you don't do this and make sure you do this. And, and what started as faith in Jesus would then begin to be taken over by these, these ideas of works and, and law. And so Epaphras is saying, I, I need some help. And uh, so Paul says this, says, don't, don't let anyone deceive you. Don't let anyone capture you with with well-crafted arguments. Don't, don't let philosophies and ideas that, that come from, from high-sounding and, and human thinking, he, he said, these things don't come from Christ. And I love, first Col I love Colossians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. It said this, it says, In him, in Jesus, lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That in Jesus, like everything we need is in Jesus. Everything you're looking for, everything you're searching for, the value of your life that you're, 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 you're going after, it's found in Jesus. It says that in him hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And then he goes on to say, I'm telling you this. It, what I, I'm trying to get you to understand is, is I need to, you to know the source. I need, the source, the word treasures there in the, the Greek, it literally means both the, both the contents and the container. It, it's, it's both the, the container and the substance. In other words, Jesus is both the safe and what's inside the safe. 
that, that in Jesus is everything we need and everything of value in this life. And so how many of you know that, like Paul's saying, I, I, I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you, that no one can, can argue you out of this, can argue you away from the fact that Jesus is the source, that Jesus is the head. Because how many of you know that just because someone can argue well doesn't mean make them right? And so Paul's saying, I, I need to make sure that, that you understand the source, that, that we pinpoint the source. That, that, and, and Paul is writing to this church in Colossians, and he's trying to pinpoint for them. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, it, it, he's pinpointing for us today. That he's wanting to say that, that the X that marks the spot of everything you need in this life, it's Jesus. That Jesus is the X that marks the spot. And you've been searching for something. You've been looking for something. Can I just tell you, it's in Jesus. Can I get a little bit of a better amen than that? I mean, because we're, we're talking about the source of every value in our life. And we get, we get the answer. It's, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And if Jesus is the treasure, and to steal from Pastor Chris's message last week, that there's a lot of fool's gold in our world, a lot of things that look good, that sound good, that are shiny, but aren't gold, that if Jesus is the true treasure, then we ought to be really good at seeking Jesus. We ought to become believers who are professionals and great at seeking God. And so that's what I want us to talk to you about today. That's what I want us to discuss is, is how to, what does seeking God look like? What, what does really seeking God and the things of God? Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 29 says this. It says, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. What does it look like to seek God. You know, predominantly when we hear these words, seek and God in church, what we, we tend to hear most often is this principle of, of God seeking us. You ever heard that? That, that God's chasing after you, that God's pursuing you, that, that he, he's, he's seeking you, he's coming after you, he's chasing you down. And, and, and the truth is, is that's a 100% true perspective. That is true. But that's not the only perspective. That's, that's not the only perspective that we're meant to live. And, 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 and I want us to look at, a, we created a graphic. I just want to show you some, some scripture that, this just shows scripture that talks about us seeking God versus the scriptures and passages in the Bible that talk about God seeking us. Does this give you a little bit better perspective? Everybody, that this, and, and the truth is, is that there's more passages than this. There's like over 40 scriptures, but my OCD kicked in and I couldn't get them all like to fit just right. And so we, we I, I made it three columns. And, but th this is the perspective that we're not just to be a people that, that, that are being sought out by God, but we're to be a people that are seeking God ourselves. That we're to seek God. And let me give you an even clearer perspective that these scriptures talking about God seeking us, they're, they're, they're actually found in, you know, Ezekiel. It's, it's, it's God looking, searching, and seeking the, the scattered, broken, lost sheep of Israel. It's, it's, uh, it's God going after Adam in the garden after the, the fall of man. It's, it's Jesus as the shepherd who's going after, he leaves the 99 and search for the one lost 
sheep. It, it's this idea that, that God is seeking after the lost and the broken and the hurting. And I want you to know that that is a true perspective. That is the grace of God. That when we are lost and we are broken and we are scattered, that he doesn't leave us, he doesn't forsake us, but he chases after us and he comes after us. That's the grace of God. That's the, we serve a God who doesn't discard us. We, we live in a world where, where when something's broken, we discard it and we never use it again and it's, it's of no use to us anymore. But we serve a God who, who doesn't discard the broken. No, he, he comes after the broken and he puts us back together. And he doesn't just put us back together, but he brings us back to his purpose and his plan for our life. And I think that's a word for somebody this morning, that you're looking at me all sour on your face, but I think there's a word for somebody today that if you've ever felt lost, or broken or scattered or far from God, that he is not far from you. He is coming after you today, and that is the grace of our God. But I need you to understand something. That's the grace of God, but that's not the goal. I went over about how I thought it was going to go over. That that is the grace of God, but the goal is not that we would perpetually be lost and perpetually be broken and perpetually be scattered. No, the goal, the grace of God is that he comes after us, but the goal is that we would be found, that we would be put back together, that we would be whole, and from that place we would then begin to pursue God with everything that we have, with all of our heart and with all of our soul, that we're not just waiting. I feel like some of us are making sure God gets his exercise in like God's got to get his steps because he's got to chase us down all the time but no that's not the plan the plan is that we are found and then we start chasing after God with everything that we've got it's his way it's his plan it's his purpose and that's that's the goal and by the way God's purpose and plan for you is that he would prosper you that he would bless you that he would give you a hope and a future that he would lead you into life and life more abundantly we are to be people who seek God. Everybody say, seek God. You know, we're, we're searching souls. We, we, are, we are searching souls, and the truth is, I want you to, to hear this. Maybe you should write this down, that if we don't set our hearts to seek God, our hearts will seek God in everything but God. If we don't set our hearts to seek God, then we will seek God in everything but God. No, Trey, I'm, I'm looking for a relationship. No, you're trying to find what you're missing in a relationship. No, I, I have an addiction. No, you're trying to fill a hole in your life that only God can fill with the substance that is only God. I could go a while on this, but, you know, we get, we get people, especially believers in church, who kind of, get on all these causes and, and activism and those things are great and have a place, but I think sometimes it's just a space where we're just searching for more. We're just searching for something else. And, and the truth is, is we have to be careful that, that, that we don't, that what our hearts are set on is not that I'm searching for everything but God, I'm searching for God himself. And so I wanna give you four things today, four things that seeking God sets in our life. Seeking God is a, is a posture, it's a position, and it sets four things in our life. Number one, seeking God sets our priorities. 
Seeking sets our priorities. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek first. Notice those two words. Seek when? First the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. According to Jesus, the priorities of our life is to seek the kingdom of God. To seek God's will. That should be our first and top priority. But Jesus is teaching us something that's really difficult. It's challenging. I think he knew what all the distractions we would face. That He, he knew all the things that were going to be uh, trying to get our attention and get our focus and, and take priority in our life. But he says, don't, don't seek the physical things, seek the spiritual things. He says, don't seek the physical, seek the spiritual. Because the natural thing in our life is to seek the physical. It's, it's to seek the things that are tangible. We have a tendency, that's, that's what we would naturally do, is seek the, the thing we can grab hold of, and the thing we can add, and the thing we can see, and the, the thing we can touch, and, and it's to seek the, the physical. But, but we tend to focus on the tangible things that we can see and grasp, and just sort of out of sight, out of mind, forget the spiritual things. Forget the will of God, God's plan. And here's the conundrum. It's that when you seek the physical, you'll miss the spiritual. But here's the promise, is that if you seek the spiritual, God will add the physical. You know, there's a story in the Bible of a young man. He was in a leadership position and he, he was very wealthy. The Bible calls him the rich young ruler. And uh, he comes to Jesus and he's asking, he, he's saying, God, I'm searching for like how to get eternal life. What, I, I'm looking for the kingdom of God. I'm looking for the will of God. How, how do I get this? And Jesus tells him, he's like, dude, like, don't steal, don't kill, don't, don't commit adultery. Don't. He's like, no, no, I, I got all the commandments. Like I got all the laws. I got all those things. Jesus says something that you got to be careful uh, not to make your salvation doctrine on this because Jesus only said this once. And so many times a, a lot of Christians will tend to take something Jesus said once and build a whole doctrine on it. But, but he said this, he said, he said, you need to go sell everything you have and come follow me. Now, why would Jesus put this on this guy that he doesn't put on anybody else? I think it's because Jesus is trying to, to show this man his priorities. He's trying to show him that, no, you say you're seeking God. You say you're seeking after the spiritual, but really you're, you're held by the physical. You're, you're so caught up and wrapped up in what you have or don't have that, that you're missing the spiritual. And I think that's what God is saying to us today, to check our priorities. I wonder what would have happened if that, young man had, a, had the understanding and the knowledge to say, you know what, if I wholeheartedly seek the things of God, that God actually cares about my finances, and God cares about my family, and God cares about my house. And you know that, church, that if you seek the things of God, you seek God with everything that you have, he still cares about the physical. He still cares about your needs and your house and your career and the thing you're praying for. But we, we tend to seek the physical and forsake the spiritual, not only does seeking set our priorities, but you can look at your priorities and determine what you're seeking. Did you just hear me? That I can look at the priorities of your life and it can tell me 
what it is that you're really seeking. That's why the first 10% of my income, my family, we, we give it to God. Why do you do that? Because we have decided and we've, we've made a declaration in our life and our family that we are seeking the things of God above everything else. And so when I can get my hopes and my dreams attached to my finances, no, I want to actually put it on Jesus. And so I'm going to give him the first, I'm going to give him the priority so that I, I make sure that I'm seeking the things of God, the kingdom of God, the will of God for my life, and everything else I trust God to add the rest. That's why the first part of my week is dedicated to the house of God. I know you're, you're seeking careers, you're, you, you got hobbies, you got all these things that you're doing, but, but I, I just wonder if you want to see God move in your life, you want to see something special happen in your life, you want to find the treasure in your life, you got to learn how to set your priorities on the things above, not on the things below. I want to set my eyes and my focus and my priorities on the things of God and watch him add the rest. So we got to set our priorities because the will of God for your life is that you would seek the will of God. I think there's so many people trying to figure out what's God's will? What's God's will for my life? What, what, what am I supposed to do? What, what am I supposed to be doing as a believer? What, what's God's will? And the truth is, is God's will for your life is to seek God's will. And can I tell you that when you place yourself in the right priorities, when you position your life in such a way that you're seeking after God, you don't have to find the will of God. The will of God will find you. When you seek after God with all your heart. So number two, seeking sets our priorities, but also seeking sets our direction. Seeking sets our direction. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 says this, you will seek me and you will find me. You seek me, you will find me. Seeking God will always lead you in the right direction to the right thing. So here's the question. What direction is my life heading? Am I moving forward into everything God has for me? Or am I falling back to where I used to be? You know, there's an old school um, word used to say in the church. And when you spell old school, you got to spell it with a K. Um, there's, there's an old school word. We don't talk about it a lot. We don't say it very much now. But if in the church I grew up in, like, it was used a lot. And oftentimes with very much fervor and a little bit of hatred. And, like, you just, like, anybody grow up in a church like me where they use the word backsliding? Come on, somebody. That hit somebody right there. You just felt it. Just you felt it. And this word needed no definite, like it, it needed no definition. Everybody knew what it was. Like backsliders, backsliders, backsliders. And really what it, what it means is somebody who had once, maybe they gave their life to Jesus and were pursuing after God and then, and then for whatever reason kind of fell back into their old life. Maybe they were attending church consistently and then they stopped attending church. Or maybe they had gotten some freedom over some sin issue and then they fell back into the, the, the same issues. The, the truth is, is that backsliding, it's a biblical term, but it it's literally just means losing ground that you had previously taken. It's losing ground that you had previously taken. And I just want you to know today that, that God wants to lead you and God wants to guide you and God wants to direct you and God will always lead you forward. 
He will always move you forward. God never returns you back. I'm gonna say that again. God never returns you back to who you used to be, where you used to be. He, he always moves you forward. He never takes you back. He doesn't take you back into addiction. He doesn't take you back into isolation. He doesn't take you, take you back into bondage. No, with Jesus, when you're pursuing him, he's always leading you into more freedom, into more community. He's leading you into more purpose. He's moving you forward. So how does God lead you? Well, the way that God leads you is in your seeking. It's through your seeking. When you're seeking after the things of God, he's going to lead you and direct you, and he's always going to lead you forward. And God's, God's a moving forward God. I tell you, we're a moving forward church. That's why you hear Pastor Chris say every single week that there's more. There's more for your life. There's more for you to experience. There's more of God for you to experience. Why is that? Because we've just settled and decided we're not going to backslide. We're going to keep pressing forward into all that God has for us. We're going to seek the things of God. We're going to seek the will of God. We're going to seek the purpose of God for my life. And a lot of people, a lot of people view moving forward as the like the big moments. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's, it's the big decision. That's when I'm really taking ground and, and moving forward. It's the, it's the, it's the big, like I, I move from here to there, or I, I get the, the, the better job, or I get the, the newer car, or I get a big, bigger house, or whatever. Like I'm, I'm moving in the forward in the big moments. And we, even us as, as a church, like we moved into this facility back in May of last year. And this is incredible. Anybody grateful for this facility today that God would bless us with this? And the day we moved in, I remember like the, the, the feeling, the environment, the, it was just, there was a buzz that everybody's like, all right, we're, we're finally, we're moving forward. We're getting to move forward. But we had two weeks of prayer and fasting not too long ago. And can I tell you that when we gathered together, and we sought the face of God, and we sought the heart of God, and we prayed, and we leaned in, and we fasted and said, the world behind us, the cross before us, I'm going after the things of God. That's when we really move forward. It's when we're seeking God's plan and God's purpose. I, I want to encourage somebody today that if you're seeking God, you are gaining ground. That if you're seeking God, you're moving forward. I, I think moving forward looks more like learning how to spend time with God. I think that's what moving forward really looks like. Like, I know nobody's going to post that on social media. We're not going to hear a lot about that. But I think moving forward looks like, like learning how to spend time in the presence of God. And when I spend time with God, I move forward in my life. I think it's learning how to experience freedom in the presence of God. That, that it's not always the big things, like big things aren't always happening. There may not be a giant shift forward, but, but, but we just had worship together and we stood in the presence of God and somebody had their hands lifted and they experienced the presence of God and they, they felt the peace of God on their life and they, they found joy in the house of God. And it was in that moment that you were moving forward. You were gaining ground. It's when you seek God. I think moving forward looks like learning, to how, learning how to hear the voice of God. It, it's, it looks like tuning out the noise of the world and, and, and fine-tuning and, and, and dialing into what God is saying. You know what moving forward looks like? It looks like learning to delight in daily disciplines. 
that it doesn't look like just the big, powerful, spiritual moment in church. Sometimes it looks like the getting up every morning and getting in the word of God and spending time with God and praying and how I'm going to win my day. It starts in the morning when I put Jesus first, when I set my priority on him, when I set my face toward him. That's when I gain ground in my life. Number three, seeking sets my growth. Where am I growing? Where am I, where am I growing? The idea of seeking is to, to seek out knowledge, to seek out wisdom. It's to seek God's truth. And here, here's what I know. Is that you don't have to find deception. Deception will find you. That there's, there's so much deception in our world. You, you, don't, you don't have to look for it, but you do have to look for truth. You do have to seek truth. Deception's easy, but you do have to seek truth. And with all the narratives, you know, we've never had access to as many narratives as we, we do today. There's so many narratives around us. And I, I know what the celebrity said, and I know what the politician said, and I know what the news anchor said, and I know what the athlete said, and I know what the social media influencer said, but what did God say? That's what we have to seek. We gotta seek God's voice. We gotta seek God's word. There's all these voices that are around us. And, and I think we, one of the practices we got to learn to make sure we do is we don't get caught up in the air, what's in the air around us. Anybody ever feel that? Like it's just, there's, it's in the air all around us. And, and can I tell you, the Bible says that the, the devil is the prince of the power of the air. And we can't get caught up in what's all in the air around us. No, we got to get in God's word and seek his truth and seek what he says, what he wants us to do, what his plan for us is. I, I, I hope our church serves you well in preaching and teaching the Bible, but there's nothing like getting in the word for yourself. There's nothing like opening this book and, and asking God, God, I'm setting my heart toward you. I'm setting my posture toward you. Tell me what it is I need to know. In, in Jesus, in God's word are, are all the truths of are all the treasures of, of wisdom and knowledge. So, so what it is I'm seeking is God's word. You know, that's why we have crews. That's why we have crews as a church. It's crews that happen every other week here at Citizens in three different seasons. And it's a group of people that get together. They actually have notes from the, the, the weekend's message and they go deeper in God's word together. And they grow together in community and they grow in God's word. That's why every single person needs to be in a crew. So if you're not in a crew, you can't come back. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But if you want to move forward in your life, if you want to gain ground, if you want to experience all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, if you want to find all the value that is in life, then you need to get in some community around you where you're going deeper and seeking after God's word and seeking after his, his truth. Number four, as the worship team is coming, I'm wrapping it up, landing the plane. I think for some of us, maybe it's, you know, you're, you got to adjust your priorities. Can I tell you that seeking God will, will change your priorities? And so you got to ask yourself, do I want to seek what God has for my life? Do I want to seek God's plan? I mean, Jesus was clear, seek first 
his kingdom. I'm not seeking my career first, I'm seeking Jesus first. I'm not seeking my kids point, point, zero, 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 one percent chance of becoming a professional baseball player. I'm seeking God first. And can I just tell you that what you make optional for your children, what you make optional, they will view as unnecessary. So I set my priorities. It's just your direction. You set your your direction that that if you feel stuck in your life and we need to figure out how to seek God, how to seek his plan. And as I seek him and as I pursue him and his will and his plan, he's moving me forward. For some of us, it's growth. You need to, to, to check it is. Where is it that you're growing? Are, are you growing in your relationship with God? Are you moving forward? But, but lastly, I think this may be for everyone. It's number, number four, seeking God sets my passion. It sets my passion. I don't know if you have a passion in your life, but I think that I think that everybody that, you know, even the most like stoic, emotionless person, I think if you dig deep enough, you can find a passion point. And they may not express it in any other way until, you know, their team gets a big interception and then they get some passion. I think that everybody has a passion point. And I don't know what's worse is being passionate about the wrong thing or not being passionate at all. You know, Jesus actually, he was bringing some encouragement and correction to the churches uh, in Revelation. And one of the churches in Laodicea, he, he says, um, my issue with this is that you're, you're not hot or cold, you're lukewarm. Now what he's not saying, he's not saying that I'd rather you be on fire for for God or on fire for the devil. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, don't be indifferent to the things of God. Don't, don't be in, indifferent to, the, to God's will and God's plan and God's purpose. And I just wanna encourage us because I remember when I came to Christ, I was a young, young man, but when I came to, to Christ, I was passionate. I got a fire inside of me. I was passionate for the things of God. I was passionate for the word of God. I was passionate for the house of God. I used to carry a, a little New Testament Bible that would fit, fit in the back pocket. It was like long, like a checkbook. Y'all remember checkbooks? We don't use those anymore, but we used to have checkbooks. And, and this New Testament Bible would fit in my back pocket. And I would just, I'd take it everywhere and I would tell everybody. I, my, I stayed with my grandmother in the summers and, and I would go up and down her street, all the kids. I would just tell them about Jesus. I would just talk to him about God, the things of God. I, I, I may not have done it right, but I, I, I was passionate. I remember my cousin lived at the end of the street, and I went to her, and I, I was just telling her about Jesus and what God has done and, and changed me. And I said, like, if you don't get saved, you're going to die and go to hell. And I was like, I don't know. That probably wasn't the right way to approach it, but she gave her life to Jesus. And, and I don't know. So, but I was passionate. I had a passion for God. And, and here's the thing. The thing that 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 quenched my passion was not the world. It wasn't the sinners. It wasn't 
those far from God. The thing that quenched my passion was the people in church who had no passion, who had no fire. And my fear is that we will be a people and we will be a church that, that, that lacks passion, that lacks a fire for God. Because you need to know, we've got a generation that's coming up under us. We, we've got an incredible young adults ministry and we have students, high school and junior high, who are seeking after God. They spent all night this weekend uh, worshiping and praying and hanging out and having fun. And, and we've got kids that are over in kids ministry right now. And if you were to come to our offices during the week, you can see the hundreds of prayer cards that our children are writing. And they're not just praying like, my dog is sick, will you heal my dog? No, they're praying, will, will you, will God, will you move in my life? Will you show me what it is I'm supposed to do? Will you touch my family? Will you heal my, my, my parents' marriage? They're seeking God. And if we're not careful, we will put a douse on the fire that's in the next generation. And what I will not let happen. I will not let a young person or a new believer come into this house, and I will not let them be put out by my lack of passion. No, I want them to come in, and we build a bigger fire together, because that's the will of God for our church and for your life. One of the verses that has just been all over me, it's been a it's been one of my scriptures for a long time, and this week has just been, it's just been all over me. It's Psalm chapter 42. It says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. You gotta imagine, there's a deer and it's being chased by a hunter or a predator and it's running with everything that it's got. It's running for its absolute life. It's completely out of breath and it's exhausted and it's, a, it's about to fall over. And all of a sudden, it finds a moment, a moment of reprieve, and it finds a brook of water and the satisfaction of being able to take a drink of that water where there's nothing but exhaustion all around it and how reviving and how nourishing and how satisfying that must be, that there's nothing else that will save it. There's no other substance. There's no other source. There has to be a moment where it drinks from the water or it's not gonna make it. And the psalmist says, that's the condition of my soul, that, that, that I'm exhausted and I'm running through life and I'm running through this world and there's nothing else that will ever satisfy me. There's nothing else that will ever take the place of this. There's nothing else that, that can save or will ever be a good substitute. And we used to say it like this, you can take the silver and you can take the gold. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Just let me have Jesus. You can take the money you can take the facilities you can take the, the notoriety the popularity you can take it all just give me one thing one thing I gotta have I gotta have Jesus nothing else matters nothing else will do nothing else will satisfy the one thing I need I'm thankful for 401ks I'm thankful for a career I'm thankful for blessings but the one thing I gotta have I gotta have a drink from the well I gotta have a drink of water from the brook I gotta have Jesus, take everything else, the world behind me, the cross before me. I gotta have Jesus in my life. 
I need the presence of God. I need a touch from God. And I think we ought to stand up on our feet right now and just begin to seek God in this room together to declare that nothing else will do. I don't want anything else but you, Jesus. Nothing else, nothing else. Come on, let's sing it to him. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on moving